Yo, 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 this is Steve. This is episode three of the Stucky Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about DJ Durkin and, you know, some few NCAA stories. So, without further ado, play the intro. Hey, so welcome back. It is the Stucky Podcast. Uh, this is Steve, like I told you before. Um, you know, this is episode three. Uh, if you guys don't know, um, the last episode, episode two, Risk Free, I went over my uh, new book and I'm also doing a giveaway. And so for the month of November, if anybody is interested, uh, you can go to the, one of the links below. Uh, go to my Gumroad account. All you got to do is, you know, download the book or check out the the last podcast or the YouTube video podcast and then uh, check it out. Uh, you know, listen to me, the reader. You can read it yourself. Uh, there's a PDF file of it. And then uh, you can go on to Goodreads or Barnes and Nobles or Amazon and you can write a review. And if you guys do that um, at the end of November, I will be giving away 10 copies. And so, uh, you know, if there's 10 people that write reviews and they get a free copy uh, signed and I'll draw a little doodle and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, that, that's a that's a little giveaway going on. I think it will end at the end of November. So right in time for the holidays. I think I'll I think I'll do the giveaway uh, Black Friday. Yeah, I think I'll do it Black Friday. Or, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, today um, today is about, um, you know, a little. A little story that like kind of connected with me on a on a personal level, um, and if you guys haven't been following NCAA, uh, but Maryland's football team uh, just fired their coach uh, DJ Durkin. Uh, he was a head coach of you know the Maryland Tarpons, and I got his um, Wikipedia page up, and yeah, yeah. So uh, so when I when I met DJ Durkin. Um, well, before I even get to that, uh, just the reason he is being fired is because he was, you know, uh, the head coach of the Maryland Tarpons and uh, one of the players um, ended up dying. Jordan McNair, uh, he ended up dying uh, during an offseason workout um, at uh, at Maryland. And so, you know, since then, there was an investigation. Um you know, he ended up having a leave of absence, and then, uh, and then in September, I think, uh, it says that, uh, you know, the Board of Regents reinstated DJ Durkin on October 30, 30th, uh, 2018, uh, instigating protests and uproar, and then he was fired. And so, uh, so this was pretty recent. This was, I think this happened, what, last week or something like that? And so, uh, and so it, it you know, it, it sparked a, a wider conversation of, you know, the one, just like what the, what kids are, you know, going through in off season workouts, just the, the stress that their body goes through to the point where somebody would actually die. But also it's a, it's a broader discussion of, you know, when something like this happens, who is held responsible of it? 
you know, because we always we always hear these anecdotes of, you know, um, people going to the school and then the school's taking care of them. And, you know, you hear stories of people uh, coming on a campus with no clothes on their back and no money in their pocket and no food in their stomach. And then the school essentially makes them into these, you know, Hall of Fame athletes that uh, that were granted, you know, countless opportunities from their experience. And so um, and so I saw that there was just a, a stark contrast to where, you know, this kid comes in, you know, and I'll just see how old he how old was he? he so Jordan McNair, uh, he was born in 1999. Uh, so he was 19 from Baltimore, Maryland. He was an offensive lineman and, uh, yeah, yeah, this, this kid was, this kid was young. He was really young. And so, uh, and he, and they say that he died of a heat stroke, you know, and, uh, and despite him having an emergency liver transplant, uh, he ended up dying, uh, on June 13th of this year. And so, uh, and so, it's, you know, it, it definitely hit up. It was on ESPN. It was on all those, all these different things. And so, uh, and so for me, you know, um, I personally like, so I was, um, I played football, um, during my junior year, I ended up being, you know, pretty, a pretty high recruit, high recruit coming out of Sacramento. And so, uh, and so when Jim Harbaugh got on at Stanford, um, cause Stanford was probably like my, my top school at this point. But when, um, when, uh, Jim Harbaugh got on at Stanford. Um, I was one of the first guys that he offered. Uh, and so DJ Durkin was, uh, he, I think it was like the, the defensive ends coach or the tight ends coach. And he did like some special team stuff, but he was also the, the recruiting coordinator from my area. And so, uh, and so I got to know him pretty, pretty decently. Um, I mind you, it's been, it's, he was an assistant coach or he came on as like a GA, uh, during that time. And so, uh, and so we, we've con- been in contact for, you know, we were in contact while I was in high school. And the big thing that like I learned from that, um, is just the business of football, you know, because, uh, I got offered in January of 2007, I think, uh, yeah, at the end of my middle of my junior year, January, 2007. And then from there, you know, like you, you learn uh, you get a glimpse of kind of the business of it, you know, to the point where, you know, going into my senior year, I ended up decommitting from them because uh, I just didn't, you know, I, I kind of felt like I wasn't necessarily wanted or you could tell that like after a while, you know, they go on, they want to move to other guys. And, um, and it was just a stark contrast from when, you know, coaches are coming to your school, coaches are doing all these things to try to like, woe you. And then once they get you, then they're off to the new person and to the next recruit and all these different things. And so since nothing was set in stone, you know, I was like, you know, I don't feel comfortable one playing for Jim Harbaugh and, um, you know, being a part of a staff that didn't really make me feel like I was I was wanted as much as I wanted them, especially as as a junior or going into my senior year, you know. And so uh, so I ended up decommitting um, through. Uh, through an article that I wrote. So I didn't even like let them know I wasn't going to go there uh, directly. I, I, I just told, um, I think it was like scout.com or like rivals.com that, uh, that I was going to pursue other options. And, you know, as much as like, as I think back at it, like maybe it wasn't the right choice, but, um, you know, for me overall, I felt like 
you know, if I were to get injured or something like that, I didn't want them to like try to screw me over in any sort of way, you know, and maybe that was just me being, you know, a little insecure or whatever. But, uh, but, you know, I guess I was able to foreshadow, you know, a little bit of the things that I was going to go through anyway, to the point where I was like, okay, you know, regardless of, regardless of where I'm at football wise, is just, is this a place that like, I would want to live at? Is this a place that I would want to be at? And ultimately, you know, I ended up going to Hawaii for, you know, <laughs> interesting reasons, uh, you know, to make a long story short, but, uh, when I was injured, you know, the best place to be at is at a, at a vacation spot, you know, to where you get to relax and you get to recover, you know, and, you know, both physically and mentally, like those things kind of intersect together. And so, uh, and so when this whole thing happened with DJ Durkin and Marilyn, I was like, dang, you know, because you hear, you hear about all these different stories of, you know, guys, uh, you know, dying on the field, uh, from taking Red Bulls and all that stuff. But to see, you know, like off season workouts, this guy freaking passes out like that. That's, and then the culpability of how there's nothing there's like, who's responsible for that, you know? And for me, like I, I was in, I played for university of Hawaii and then I played for Oregon state and, you know, we had fall camp, we had off season workouts, all those things to the point where like, we couldn't go home if we, if we wanted to, you know, we had to be at, we had to be on campus for, you know, either like, you know, most of the summer, or at least half of the summer for Hawaii, we had to be there for either the first or the second session. Uh, well, mainly the first, they didn't want us taking like second session cause it went into fall camp. But, uh, but at Oregon state, we had to stay there you know, we only got one week before uh, summer training and then a week before fall camp to even like do anything or have actual summer. And so uh, and so those offseason training things were are like really a big deal because, you know, that's what sets you up for for the, you know, for the fall. You know, it gets you in shape. It allows you to get, you know, the winter weight off and all that stuff. But, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that like you know, should, it should be monitored to the point where, you know, it shouldn't come at the point of like you getting in shape or like you losing your life, you know? And so with that, we're always looking at, okay, how do we better ourselves? How do we become better teammates? How do we do all this stuff? And then when somebody dies, it's like, dude, you know, like, what are we really doing right now? Cause it, it, if it gets to the point where, you know, somebody is literally willing to sacrifice their life to, you know, win a game or, you know, win a certain spot, you realize how, how little we end up like valuing ourselves in the grand scheme of things. Because at the end of the day, you know, there's somebody who's going to step up to the plate. And at the end of the day, you know, there's somebody that's, you're replaceable at that point. And so with all that being said, you look at the situation and you're like, okay, you know, like somebody like ended up having heat stroke and all those different things. And for him, he's probably just trying to push through all that stuff. But in reality, like he's actually dying. And so to see all this stuff and to see like how like McNair's condition escalated from like him being probably short winded and really, really hot to to ultimately losing your, his life. You have to ask yourself like, OK. When all that bad stuff happened, when he was in the hospital, when he was doing all these things, who's responsible when it goes bad? You know, who's who's going to cover all those bills? Who's going to who's going to take responsibility for that loss of life? 
you know, because because uh, when I had I ended up having hip surgery and when I first had my first hip surgery, it took me probably like two months to actually get no two, three months to actually get um, get the OK to actually get the surgery. Because mind you, uh, the team surgeon or like the team doctor was the only person that did the surgery. And it was up to him whether I was actually going to get that surgery or just rehab. So I ended up rehabbing for like three months. And then all that after doing MRIs and all that stuff, like nothing was getting better. It was actually getting worse to the point where I finally got a second opinion and a third opinion. And then it uh, and then it kind of made him actually make a decision. After that, they opened me up and it was a lot worse than it actually was to the point where it's like, okay, dude, like, you know, with all this technology, with all these like state of the art things that you claim to have, how, how are you going to miss something? How are you going to miss a diagnosis that, you know, Kaiser Permanente is getting or that other opinions are getting? And, you know, if that if that was the case, you know, I, I could have went someplace else. You know, if you're if you're going to sell me on the whole fact that I need to I need to trust you and like you guys are you know, like top of the line, you guys get people ready for the NFL and all this stuff. But, you know, uh, I get injured and then you're just going to deny me, um, you know, the access to things that, you know, are necessary for me. It's like, dude, like what? Like, who who do I really trust at that point? You know, being vulnerable, being, you know, I think I was 19 at the point, like in God forbid you get parents that don't really understand the situation. Like, I think like I thank God that like my dad was very proactive in all the stuff that I was doing as an athlete because, you know, he was guiding me along the line. He was telling me when to do things, you know, to the point where, you know, I, I remember my before I had my second surgery, you know, I he was like, dude, if like you're if you're if you're in pain you know, like just walk off the field. Like you don't have to do this, you know, because I, they have to honor that. And so I remember just after a practice, you know, like my mess was still hurting and I literally just like, just checked myself out. I was like, I can't do this anymore. You know, like, like I'm in so much more pain than like I need to be. And it's not even about like pushing through anything. It's literally like, I, I feel like I'm causing my body more harm than I, I need to you know, just to, just to, just to win a starting job and stuff like that. You know, like I got four years left to play or three years left to play. You know, I'm not going to waste one year because I'm trying to work through injuries when, you know, these injuries need to be attended to in a certain way. And so like, it's like, you see these things of like how expendable you are. You see these things of how, how, how much they don't really care about you to the point where, where you do get injured you know, who's going, who's going to help you through these things, you know, and then when you finish, who's going to help you through all the, all the rehab and stuff from the beatings that you put for sacrificing your body on the field, you know? So like for me, it, it, it really hit deep to home because it's like, who's like when things, when bad things happen, when good things happen, you know, like a head coach or the program will be like, oh yeah, you know, we're responsible for all these things, you know, but when bad things happen, who, who, do, where does the responsibility lie? You know, does it still lie with them because it's their program or is it lie with the with the individual that, you know, went through the things and like didn't take care of themselves, quote unquote, like they should have. Or, you know, like, does it rely with the with the physicians that or the trainers or the strength and conditioning coaches? Does it lie with any of those people that, you know, see them day in, day out and control their regimen to the point where, you know, they can't pick a class or they can't sleep at certain times because, their schedule doesn't allow for it, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's, 
it, it really comes down to those things, you know, the basic necessities of like what, you know, a, a student is, is supposed to go through, you know, like the freedom of being a student. And so, you know, we could we could talk about all these different things or, you know, the pay for play and all that stuff. But it really, really comes down to it's more about the well-being of, of these guys going into these sports, going into this whole situation to where. You know, the last thing the last thing a parent wants to do, a last thing a person wants to do is go into a situation, go into a program where they're actually risking their life on it. Like, mind you, it's not even the military, you know, like it's a it's a sport. It's a it's something it's entertainment. And so if you're and you're not even getting paid, you're not getting benefits, you're not getting any of these things, you know, like it's the way the way it works is you get injured, you go straight to the doctor, they check you out. There's no real like medical there's no real documentation that happens. There's like a chart sheet, but like, it's not really that big of a deal. You know, you get sprained ankles, you get sprained fingers. You're always in, you're always in the training room for something. And half the time you're dealing with GAs anyway. And, uh, you know, they're liable to like burn you. They're liable to do all these things. And, you know, you just got to deal with it. You know, it's, it's a lot less organized than people actually think it is. You know, it's not this state of the art like machine that is like pushing people in and pushing people out. You know, they I'll, I'll give them credit. They do in terms of sports medicine. I do give, uh, you know, trainers and stuff a lot of credit because, you know, you go to like a general practitioner and they, you know, tell you, OK, sprained ankle, blah, blah, blah. You know, you probably need to be off of it for like two weeks and you got to let it ice and all that stuff. Whereas a whereas a trainer, you know, like they'll like they'll tell you a sports medicine doctor, they'll tell you like, oh, you know, you don't need like you just need to dip it in some ice. You can still run. You can still do all these things. But at the end of the day, like your job is to play and we're going to keep you playing. You know, so I've I've played with plenty of ankles. I mean, it was painful, but like, you know, I've been able to like play with a whole lot of stuff that like I, I didn't wasn't able to play with in high school, you know, but it's a you know, it's a different level. But mind you, all these things aren't like you're not leaving with like a huge chart when you finish. You're not leaving with all these different things. You know, it's kind of up to you to like manage all that stuff for yourself. And if you don't, you know, like if you don't manage it, you know, it, it kind of goes by the wayside. You got to be proactive with it. And so, you know, it's there's a lot of things that like I could go on and talk about with this. But, you know, just the whole DJ Durkin story was just, you know, it, it really hit close to me because one, I, I've dealt with him personally and I kind of see how like these things kind of went by the wayside and like. You know, yeah, they fired him, but like, is he going to be responsible for the death? Is he going to have to pay anything? You know, who's going to have to pay for all these things? And then they're going to try to play it as like some sort of, you know, please donate to the the foundation that they have to stop this from happening, all these things. But in reality, like, you know, it's it's a greater it's a greater it's a greater conversation of, you know, the 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 situation or the overall climate of, you know, these these types of sports these environments and so until something like the until people actually look at the root causes of these things you know people talk about toxic masculinity and all that stuff i mean yeah i guess there is um but you know it, it, it's one of those things of like it's football you know like it's football it's kind of the nature of the beast at that point you know so you could you could you know it's just hyper masculinity or like aggression all those things it's a physical game you know, I under, understand that to a point, but it, you know, within the context of that, you know, like, are these guys being looked after in the proper way? And that's more of like more I come from is that, 
you know, if guys aren't being looked after the proper way, then, you know, are they really safe and are they really put in situations to actually succeed or are they just put in situations to make people money? And for me, like, as I go on and go on and like, look back at all my time and stuff and look at, back at all the situations, take aside the, the success stories, you know, it, it always makes me think, you know, like there, there's a lot of problems. <laughs> there's a lot of problems. And so, uh, and so I think that'll wrap up the podcast. Um, uh, you know, thank you for listening to me rant. I tried to make it a uh, shorter than normal. Uh, I think the first one was like 30 minutes. Second one was like 40 minutes. And this one is like 20. Um, trying to bring it down to 15, trying to have uh, certain topics that I discuss. Uh, and yeah, yeah. So if you guys don't know, um, the podcast is on Stitcher. It's on Google Play. It's on Spotify. It's on SoundCloud. Uh, and it's on YouTube. And so uh, follow, hit a subscribe button or you know, follow each one of those, uh, you know, write a comment. Let me know how you guys think about it. Uh, let me know what things you guys want me to talk about. And, uh, if you guys follow me on social media and stuff, uh, at S T U C K O N A N E Y E L A N D or L N D, um, not L A N D L N D a stuck on an Island, uh, on Twitter and Instagram and yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Adios.